You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. Welcome to a world of exploration, thought, and discussion sequentially through 156 episodes of Rod Serling's seminal classic, The Twilight Zone. Welcome to Submitted for Your Approval. Yes, 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 that is right. Welcome to Submitted for Your Approval, a Twilight Zone podcast. I am here, I am Brandon Cruz, and welcome to the show. This is this is a special show, if only because I'm doing it live with my good good pal, my good buddy, longtime podcast host. This is his bio. Everything that you know about him is associated with me and nothing else. He is Travis Menard, friend of Brandon Cruz. Welcome, Travis. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me back. Uh, it's it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, Brandon. I feel like I never get to do this sort of thing with you. So I'm I'm very happy, happy to be doing this. Well, you, you know, I, I say this to you all the time and I, and I mean it when I say it. The pleasure is all yours. So that's that's such a stupid, that is is, an old joke. This is, did this turn into a (laughs) co-host roasting podcast while I was gone? Yeah. Submitted for your approval, a co-host roasting podcast, uh, with, with periodic, uh, appearances from Rod Serling. Uh, yeah. How, how, how are you, Travis? I haven't talked to you in a long time. How have things been? It's, I've been great. I, uh, I'm excited to do this show with you again. I'm excited to stream it for the first time on our various streaming platforms. Yeah. I'm also excited that I realized I didn't have the input for my microphone on this scene for our stream until your intro music started. So, so I'm really glad I figured it out before the episode, before I was asked to speak as opposed to afterwards. So, uh, yeah, no, things are going great. I'm, and I'm happy to be here. Yeah, no, that, that, that I, I, one, I'm glad that you have, have fixed your, your technical things behind the scenes and then brought them to the forefront. So everybody knows that, Hey, you know, sometimes when you're doing things live, shit happens. Yeah. Do it live. Do it live. <laughs> do, do it live. Uh, well, Every, everybody, you know, I don't want I don't want to belabor this too long, especially for the the, the Twitch viewers who are watching this live, uh, which actually just includes me and Travis monitoring the feed. But we're here to talk about a an episode from season three. We're talking about season three, episode seventeen. One more pallbearer. It originally aired January twelfth of nineteen sixty two. It stars Joseph Wiseman as Paul Radin, Trevor Bardet as Colonel Hawthorne. Catherine Squire as Mrs. Langford. And it was directed by Lamont Johnson, who directed many other episodes, and written by Rod Serling, who I think this is this is his debut script for, for the show. Believe it or not, I don't believe it. It's a lie. I made it up. I saw your face, Travis. <laughs> I was like, that seems very wrong. <laughs> he waited three seasons to write an episode? Crazy. He's a showrunner. Um Travis, I I don't know if you know this. I'm pretty sure you know this. But when I started this series, when I started this podcast, synopsises went way too long. And we would spend maybe 5, 10, 30, 100% of the show just talking about the synopsis itself. And so what I did was I, I, I shifted that around and I made a game. And I made a game called You, Me, and IMDb Synopses. And you, you, you and I both know, talking about Rick and Morty and, and all the movies and TV shows that we've come across, that sometimes the IMDb synopsis is, it, it, it's, sometimes it's good, sometimes it, it's, it's awful. Um, so here's, here's, here's what we do, all right? You give me a one, two-sentence synopsis of the episode, I'll give you mine, and then we'll compare it to IMDb. What, what do you say about that? What do you say about that, my friend? I, I feel like I should have prepared. Uh, but no, I'll do it off the cuff. I, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I feel like I've done this before, actually. I should know that this was coming. I, I, yeah, I, I, know, I know you have. But you're probably, you're still flashing back to the very first episode we did together. Where Yeah, we're... yeah, it's still one of my favorites. So. <laughs> well, uh, do you, do you I, w- I will go first since I didn't uh, pre-prepare you for this. Uh, my synopsis is as thus. 
A man learns to fall in love with one republic and realizes for some it's too late to apologize. <laughs> okay. It's not even really what the synopsis is, but I just, I really wanted, I, I had it stuck in my head when I was coming up with the synopsis. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. It, it still kind of works. <laughs> uh, I was, I was thinking more along the lines of uh, a scorned millionaire uh, devotes his, his epic riches to one last gotcha on the uh on the villains from his past i guess oh on the villains one of whom his... may be himself oh, <laughs> man that is that is deep that is deep that's like the bg I'm, song I'm, I'm so good at improvised uh synopses i'm just it's it's one of my gifts really you didn't you, you didn't that wasn't a pre-written <laughs> no no i just came up with that you guys all right somebody else give me a give me a topic give me a, no all right we're gonna play rap uh topics from a hat after this um okay imdb synopsis wealthy paul Raiden tries to get three people from his past to apologize to him by offering them shelter from a staged and phony nuclear war scenario yeah, no, that's what the episode was about. <laughs> <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. We spent five minutes talking about how to talk about synopsis rather than actually go over the synopsis. And that was you, me, and IMDb synopses. Uh, Travis, I'm going to give it to you because I always give it to my guests. I think yours was, was better than mine. Uh, but uh, I, th I think yours was better than IMDb, to be honest with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Is that, is that your way to keep podcasting with me next week? Yeah, please don't please don't be angry with me. Please don't quit. <laughs> I need you to release the video version. Well, uh, Travis, we're gonna we're gonna move on to the actual episode. You know, uh, I really hope you you stop, um, you know, kind of you know dis dis displaying. Why do I want to say displaying? Uh, <laughs> delaying. Sorry, sorry. Show. I'm a terrible guest. Go, please, yeah. please. I'll just be back here. You let me know when when you need. My my first question for you is: What did you th think of the episode? What What are your initial thoughts of the episode, Travis? You're such a good host. I really I love it when you're in control. Um, <laughs> what did I think about the episode? Um, so I have not seen every episode of The Twilight Zone, and typically um, much past season one is stuff that I watched because you're like, you need to watch this episode because you're doing episode of submitted for your approval with me. Um, I thought it was good, but I feel like the ending jumped around. Like, like it was, it was, it, it certainly didn't go in a direction that I was expecting, which is, is sort of, the thing with twilight zone right but um i the the premise made sense to me but then the way that it so dramatically shifted toward the end with uh what's what's the main character's name in this Raid, episode? raiden raiden yeah um, from his <laughs> his emotional psychological breakdown um really like it, it, it got a good gotcha on me when it, when he when he climbs out of the climbs out of the storm the 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 shelter and uh, everything's burned up and everything's like oh gosh wow what a what a cool twist like it was it was gonna be a fake bomb and then boom all right like it actually happened and now he's gonna have to deal with this uh, but then they're like ooh double twist <laughs> there's no actual bomb he just had a psychic like a psychological breakdown and he's in front of his building freaking out um which completely reframes the episode for me right because we real he seems so in control and like maybe a maniacal like millionaire but like he doesn't seem like he's completely off the deep end to me and I actually went back and watched a, li a little bit a second time to kind of re re watch it with that frame of mind of him being on this brink of just completely breaking down mentally. And, uh, 
yeah, I don't know. Like there, there weren't a lot of hints to that. I felt like uh, throughout the majority of the episode. Um, so yeah, it was good. <laughs> that was yeah. the, that. That's my summary. <laughs> that 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 that's good. I didn't ask you for your summary. That was what the synopsis was for. Uh, no, no, I you. I'm trying to try to to break down the things that you said right there. Uh, the the main thing I think with the, the leading up uh, to it, I read the synopsis and I I looked over in the uh, my my reference material for the Twilight Zone for this episode specifically before I'd watched it and before I'd watched it again. And I can't say the last time I, I I'd seen this episode before today, um, but reading about it, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, the the twist is that he, the bomb drops, but the bomb didn't really drop. He's actually, uh, he's actually just it broke it broken down. So when I when I watched the episode, I, I had that in mind the entire time. Like, okay, he's he's gonna break down eventually, and and that's gonna be a thing. Um, and you're right. Like there there wasn't any clear hint or indication that his he would that he would break down in in that way like obviously the the idea is that he's a control freak and and because he wanted to have control over those people so badly that he he lost and 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 he had that's what triggered his his psychotic break but we didn't see that at all we didn't see uh that control piece we didn't we didn't get hints of that it just kind of sprung up and if if it had just ended uh with with him doing kind of a uh time enough at last where well nope it is a world and it's all destroyed now and that that is your punishment in some ways that's i think it's a time enough at last is just being an asshole moral for asshole's sake uh because because all uh um whatever the character's name is in time of the last i'm sorry i forget off, off the top of my head like he was punished for no reason this guy would be punished for a reason you tried you tried to alienate people but keep them close to you just to prove a point and now you're and now you're alone mother trucker you know yeah yeah uh, so, so uh, good. and it's funny you mentioned time enough at last because that was that was immediately what i thought of in in seeing him come out of that rubble is like, Oh, this is like the same ending as that other one. Brandon made me watch for an episode. <laughs> uh, like, okay. Which I don't know. I don't know if has, I don't think I was on that episode. Maybe I was, No, you were not. uh, but I've actually seen it. I've seen that one. And it made me go back to thinking about it. Uh, this, this episode also made me keenly aware of just how freaked out people were of nuclear war in like the 60s and 70s um yeah they were all afraid of nuclear holocaust in 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 the in the 60s um yeah a couple of other episodes like this uh you have you have the shelter which which was an episode uh similar to um monsters are due on on maple street uh you, you have time enough at last you have all of these kind of uh post-apocalyptic kind of st things going on it's it's a it's a it's a fear that exists there and be and I, and that kind of like emphasizes how much of an a jerk this raiden guy is because there is that very real real fear in the folks back then and for him to make a gag out of it which you know the the, the tv installation dude at the at the beginning is like whatever he says like oh you're just gonna have fun with using this as a gag on these people or practical joke um like you're a rich dude and you're and you're using you're using the threat of complete annihilation uh to to get apologies out of, out of the way like just emphasize how much of, of a villain this this dude really is and can we like deconstruct his premise like a little bit because like if you have prior knowledge, right, mm -hmm. that there is a bomb coming and like another country is launching their nukes and 
the world is going to be over and you have that prior knowledge, your, your decision is to invite the three people that most wronged you to your bomb shelter as opposed to like <laughs> the people you'd want to, to spend the rest of what's left of, of Earth with. Like that, it, that really bothered me. And I was like, is it, was his, his thought like, oh, I'm good. I'm gonna get an an apology out of these people if they're the last ones on Earth, or like I don't, I don't know, I I didn't I didn't fully get that. Well, well, so at at the, at the beginning of the episode, the the maintenance people are in there and they're installing the speakers, and they're ins- installing the TV, and they and they're saying that this isn't real stuff. It's just they're it it has a video of of a nuclear explosion or you know atomic right. explosion. It establishes that that this this dude doesn't have any foreknowledge of of any type of event. He's just he's just doing it as, as a prank. But uh, okay, you're gonna I say get something. that. But within the scope of his <laughs> gag to these three people, the three that that wronged him, if if I'm Colonel so and so getting invited down to <laughs> you know the the lieutenant who I court martialed uh his bomb shelter and he's like he spins around in his chair and he's like hello colonel remember that time when you kicked me out of the army during WW2 <laughs> well now there's a nuclear bomb on its way and I brought you here to say sorry I'd be like what like that was so like I can stay here. The guy that would have shot you instead of kicking <laughs> you out of the army. And you're going to just we're going to live here in this shelter with your warehouse of food. Like you thought you thought of me and your high school teacher and the reverend who is here for a reason that was never really clear in the 22 minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like um yeah, no, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get it, Raiden. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I think I would rather die. <laughs> than, than I'm gonna you. take my chances with the bomb. Thanks. <laughs> well, I, 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 I think, I think we can't take it too on the nose. I, 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 sure, I think. Sure. I don't think we're supposed to take it so on the nose. As far as like, yes, this is what they're. Uh, gonna do i think i think the theme then they meant they mentioned honor more than once throughout the episode is that uh the the colonel has honor the school mom has honor and dignity and compassion and the reverend has honor in some way shape or form that and, and at the very very end you know he wants them to say sorry for something that they don't they shouldn't be sorry for and at the end, they still maintain their honor by by saying, "We're not going to say sorry. We're going to die with our families." Um, you know, if if this were a real event, yeah. And and that's something that he cannot comprehend, and he can't ascertain why why they wouldn't just you want to live. Why can't you be selfish and want to live and just and just say the words empty, sorry, just just apologize. Yeah. Um, and, and, and again, it didn't, it doesn't really give hints that him losing control or not being able to understand that was something that would make him break. But you know, that that's essentially what, what makes him break it at that point in time. Well, yeah. And that, that, that worldview that says I would like, I would rather get an empty apology, a coerced apology from my high school teacher then have them genuinely feel remorse for something that ultimately I was at fault for anyway. And I just got humiliated because I made a very bad decision. Um, yeah, that, that, that isn't necessarily the line of thought of a, a stable, you know, human being that, that has it all figured out and is, uh, and is processing things in a healthy way. So, so I guess, I guess that the entire premise gives a nod to him maybe being on the verge of some sort of psychotic break. 
let me let me let me let me ask let me ask you this just as as kind of an aside here is there's all three of these folks wronged him that that he perceives right uh, yeah do, i'm still trying to figure out what the reverend did well the reverend bes- besmirched his name in some way shape or form because uh, be, because a young he caught, lady killed herself or something. Because he caused a, a young woman to to kill herself in some way, and he had something to do with that. I probably you know blamed it on him or it wasn't okay. it wasn't super clear. Sure, but all we know is that he had something to do with calling him out, and Raiden caused some young woman to to kill herself. Okay, my question for you, Travis, is of all of them. That's the cheating on a school test and blaming on some other person, the the getting soldiers killed, not rushing up the hill, or the getting the woman to kill herself. Which which is the worst? Which is the worst evil? To to devil with you. <laughs> to the the devil with you all. <laughs> uh pretty please with sugar on top. Uh that's my other favorite line from the movie or the show. Um so did they say they lost a bunch of soldiers because of his unwillingness to take take the hill or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Be, um, be, because because of the time it, it took or or the delay, it caused young men their lives. Uh well then that seems just based strictly on like a body count um decision. Like that seems like the worst uh to to not follow the orders and thus um you know, put other people's lives, especially if you're put in a position of like leadership where you're responsible for other people and you're like told, Hey, do this. Uh, and then other people die because you decide not to do this. Um, that seems, it seems bad. It seems I, I, not like a not good thing. Yeah. But you know, looking, looking at that, he couldn't have been the only Lieutenant in that, in that platoon. Right. Where, where's all the other leadership? Leadership is a, is, you know, it, it starts from the top. It starts from commitment. And leaders eat last, Brandon. <laughs> leaders eat last. <laughs> I, I have a book over here, like top 10 mistakes. Oh yeah, here it is. Top 10 mistakes leaders, leaders make, you know, Th- that's, th- that has to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Where- I'm sure. That's part of it. Also, <laughs> it's allowing someone to be discharged instead of shooting them. That's all, I think that's I think that's also in the book. <laughs> that is that's in the in the preface. It's it's like look, it's written if, by Colonel Sanders or whatever this guy's <laughs> name. Is. If if you make more than five of these mistakes, I'm I'm gonna come to your house and I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> if if you make seven of these mistakes, <laughs> I will send a driver to your house, force you into a bomb shelter. And threaten your apology with nuclear <laughs> war. I will make you apologize to me. Uh, okay, the the apology stuff. Uh, th- this is this is what was going through my head towards r- leading up into the climax of the the episode, and it was his his understanding that he was about to lose and that these people were going to leave. And because it was a gag, he had no legitimate claim to to keep them in that that space. And he's not able he's not able to keep them. And like if they, they want to leave, they're they're gonna leave. He can't he can't keep them there because the bomb is not a real thing. Yeah. And 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 even to the bluff of being like, there's the elevator, fine, you wanna go, just go. <laughs> and they're like, All right, peace out, see ya. And he's like, No, that this really your choice? Like yeah, he the uh, elevator's uh, broken. <laughs> the, the mechanic won't be in until Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, doomsday. Doomsday. <laughs> uh, yeah, d- that the feel of that where is is slippery sloping towards. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't do anything to it. Like that. It's 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 such a. Um. Uh, not 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 conflict but a uh there's there's not there's not really a stakes in, involved in it really if we're thinking yeah. about it yeah the, well and and that's the thing that was kind of confusing to me the the longer i thought about it is 
what is his and is 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 really the 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 gotcha the getting them to apologize get i feel like the entire episode is about control right it's about him having control and enough control to bring these people in force them to come to a shelter and listen to him pontificate about the wrongdoings in his life and then get them to apologize for something that they may or may not actually feel they were wrong in doing, but still coercing them to do it because he, because they hurt him um, in some way, shape or form and, and, and asserting that control over the few people that he's carrying these, you know, this mental scar tissue around from Uh, because I'm assuming if this goes another way and they're freaked out by the bomb and they're like, yes, please, we're sorry. We, (laughs) we beg you, please let us stay down here with you. If they were all so, so weak of spirit that, that they made that decision. How does this play out for him? Is he like, nah, I gotcha. All right. (laughs) You all apologize. Just kidding. Let me hit the button. Click. It was just a joke. There's no bomb. Thanks for coming by. Uh, you lose, you, you get no, uh, you get you, nothing. <laughs> Good day, sir. You stole fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> you touch the ceiling, which now has to he be just, watched. He just points into each one of their faces. Ha! 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 <laughs> <laughs> to you! Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Mr. Slugworth comes in from, from behind the, <laughs> the, the curtain. Like that's, that's, that's the part where I was like, all right, so. I guess he gets the apology and then he's like, all right, just kidding. Go home. Um, I, I, I don't think he would have been like, no, I actually stocked a warehouse full of food. We're staying down here for 40 years. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't think that was the, that was the game either. So I don't know. I think it was just maybe him not reading the situation very well. And again, his, his assumption of having control because he's wealthy and he can he can throw money at this expensive bomb shelter in order to try and get that apology from these people um but never really having the control to to get what he actually wants from these people uh which is for them to feel bad about something that they don't really need to feel bad about yeah, yeah that that is the biggest thing watching the episode is okay what what do you what do you want these people to leave from do you are you going to give them like a grand and then be like thank you for apologizing uh i knew you were wrong the entire time clearly and here's some money go along your way this is all a gag don't sue me uh, you signed an NDA to come 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 down come downstairs, right? I don't I don't know if NDAs existed back back then, uh, or if that's a, a fairly new thing. I'm but, not sure they did. I'm sure they did. Uh, um, it, it's it's interesting that his teacher, when he's asking about the apologies, and I I joked about the pretty please with sugar on top. That's what, <laughs> and she's like, that's what children say when they they want something you know that they can't have or whatever. Um, it is it is interesting to think about how childish he's being in 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 this moment where he he wants the apology not because they necessarily did something wrong but it's like he's carrying around the guilt of the things that he has done wrong. Yeah. And yeah. instead of processing that guilt by like accepting it and realizing and making amends for the things that he did he he goes the other direction and says, "Well, if these guys apologize to me, then I'm not really at fault for this. Like if these these all these people all made me feel bad, but the reason he feels bad is cuz he did bad things and these were the people that that called him on it. And so instead of instead of processing that and dealing with it, he's like, "Well, if they apologize for what they they called me on then i'm scot free i don't have i don't have to deal with that anymore because because they are basically assuming blame for it by uh by apologizing um so so in that way i think it uh i think it makes a lot of sense yeah that's a that's a really good observation of of what that 
of what he's trying to do. He's trying to he's trying to rationalize. Well, he he's he's unable to see uh, the gaps in his character. He's unable to see the 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 holes that make him a, a good person, and he only sees that some something has wronged him in some way, shape, or form. It's not his. It's not him. It's not his imperfect uh, characteristics. It's it's the ex, it's external to him. I I wonder, you know, in this it it's making it's fan fiction. You know, if what else is out there? Who else could have been out there? Why he picked these three specific people? Because if if he if he is that bad a person, if he is that devoid of moral character, then certainly there are other people that he that have 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 wronged him, and I use that in quotes that he believes ha, has have wronged him, and why he sought these specific people out: a school mom, a reverend and a, a colonel in in the army at the, at the time like folks that you know are, are is why did well like beyond the, the character diegetic to the, the story why would rod serling pick those types of people do you think well i i, I think a, a part of it is that they all seem to be from relatively early parts of his life you you think about high school you think about probably the reverend of his his church that he grew up in or something like that um even him saying he was like a second lieutenant in the army like very very new probably in his his army career and and discharged at a very probably young age so so from that point then he went on to somehow make you know, millions of dollars and become extremely wealthy. And odds are from his time of being discharged from, from the army to the point where we sit now, where he's a multimillionaire, he's probably had things handed to him, like not handed to him. He's, he's probably put in some work, but he probably has a lot of people in his life that are catering to him that are a lot of yes men that are, uh, yes, yes, Mr. Raiden, absolutely. Mr. Raiden, we'll get you whatever you need. Yes. And, you know, and, and so he, he doesn't have a lot of people probably in his life that are challenging him or holding him accountable for anything that he does. That's, that's less than, uh, you know, uh, full of honor as, as, as we come back to that theme. Right. So these three people probably stand out to him as the three people that have actually held the line on, on his moral character. And he sits here now, you know, in his, in his forties or something, or, and, and, and is, is still struggling with that fact and wants, wants to be free of that guilt. And instead of, processing it or, or hiring a psychiatrist he decides aha an elaborate atom bomb scenario will get them to apologize for the things i did and then free me of this free me of this blame obviously not a healthy psychotic no, no, no. like you know place and as we see with the the way the episode turns out uh is sort of just that that last step uh before before completely breaking down i i want i want to i want to do something here travis and it, it's not something i do normally on, on this show but because you my my favorite co-host uh talk to talk to me all the time about rick and morty i i want to talk about briefly how there there there's a there's a connection here between raiden and rick in the sense that it does really shitty things to for really petty reasons. Vault of, of acid, vat of acid, yeah, yeah. Vault, vault of acid, uh, vault of bomb, vat of acid. Ex- ex- exactly right. Like, what, what, what is a a brief aside? What is the difference between Raiden and Rick in this? Do you think? And it could be about writing, or it could be a character, or it could be any number of things. Hmm. That's, I mean, that is really, I mean, 
Rick is sort of regarded, especially by the fandom of the show, as somebody without limits. He's 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 the smartest man in the universe. He can invent anything. He he's capable of just about anything. And someone who is a millionaire uh, in in you know the sixties uh, is is maybe not capable of everything, but definitely has enough disposable income to get away with a lot of things. Um, so, so in that way, I definitely see a similarity, but, uh, Rick is also extremely lonely in Rick and Morty and he doesn't have, um, I mean, he's got, he's got Morty, but there's, there's, there's awkwardness within that relationship, but there's not a lot of like close friends that he, uh like outside of his 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 immediate family there so um he he has to construct ways and sometimes very convoluted ways to try and force companionship or or force people to like him and uh and and I think we we see a little bit of that with with Raiden where he he goes through all this effort for something that's pretty petty and uh something that someone that's a, maybe a little bit more healthy could could kind of brush off or, or realize, you know what? Yeah. I made a mistake or I did something wrong and uh, yeah, I got, I got called out for it, but that's, that's an opportunity to grow. That's an opportunity <laughs> to change for the better. And instead of doing that, they're like, no vat of acid. Like <laughs> heist. Uh, <laughs> this is all a heist to, yeah. to incept Morty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you should go to your pitch meeting, Morty. I'm sure that'd be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's some there's definitely some similarities to be drawn uh between the okay. two. Okay. All right. That 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 ends uh the interdimensional but, RSS Rick and Morty podcast crossover with some for your approval. Uh, uh the the, la- the last thing I wanted to say uh on this, and then I'll I'll pass it back to you, is Knowing how the episode ends, as far as the twist goes, with it just being a, a psychotic break, I that would have been more effective to me had at the very beginning of the episode they didn't clue us and clue the viewer in that it was all a gag from the start. Because once they do that, then the rest of the episode is is kind of tainted or. Not not tainted, but it, it's colored by that initial interaction with with the maintenance people. Where you're like, well, none of this matters because he's just he's just he's just effing around with them. Like it's all it's all a joke to him. Uh, and then it gets then it gets to the the atomic bomb, and then you're like, oh, there it is. There's that twi- there's that twist. It wasn't it wasn't all a gag. He thought it was a gag, but it's not a gag. Oh no, it was a gag, and now he's psychotic. Had they had they cut out the beginning part, then it would have been like, oh, look at that here, like that that beginning part is there to establish that one, that first part of the twist, and that first part of the twist is unnecessary. Uh, I, I don't know. It 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 see it. I I I agree with you for a lot of that, and but something I f- I feel like without that early indicator that yeah this is this is staged this isn't real it it clues the viewer into the fact that Raiden knows that it's not real um going into it and I think that the episode could be interpreted differently without that opening premise of it being a gag where you might have the assumption throughout the entire episode. Once it, once you get to the end that the entire time Raiden did think it was real and that, that when he, when he emerges from the shelter and, and he sees everything as exploded rubble, um, he, he's always processed it that way. He's always thought, yeah, I'm going to bring these people in because the world is going to end. And this is my last opportunity to get apologies out of the, uh, these people before, before everything's gone. Um, and so I don't know. I think, I think you almost need that first part to kind of, to kind of show that he's a, he, this is a manipulation tactic on his point part. He's, he's not, he's not already, like mentally broken to the point where he thinks 
all of this is necessary because there is, in fact, a bomb going off. This is still a controlling person trying to assume control in a situation. And it's the the failure within the situation that ultimately leads to that final breakdown. So I don't know. That's that's my take on it. Well, you, you proved me wrong, and that's and that's and that's why I love having you as as a guest on the on the show, Travis. No Wild. punches pulled. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's good. It's a good point. I, uh, I, I, I agree. I agree with you for for the most part. You know, I just I I go back and forth on it. Where not necessarily that 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 it, we had to keep up the 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 illusion that it was a, a gag the entire. It was the entire time. I I, I just think that it could have been, I, I don't know, it, it could have been written in in a in a in a different place to to still get that he's manipulating these people because without that without without that beginning part, you can he can we can see that well he's still an asshole. He's bringing these people in and he's saying, yes, I will save your life if you apologize to me which is an insidious thing to do. Like he doesn't care about these people. These people don't care about him. Why would you want to save the, these people? And then if, if the, if the progression from that then is before they leave, he yells up to them. Like it was all a joke. <laughs> yeah. It was all a joke. You, you, fucking, you didn't you just stay down here and uh, you just didn't apologize. It was all, all a joke. Oh, you just had to say whatever. Uh, and then he goes upstairs and then the, the, the bomb goes off and yeah, yeah. I, I just, I just think, or, or if he I, had just like, you know, clicked to a control and been like, all right, that's enough. We don't, you, you can, you can stop the simulation. It's fine. Or whatever. Like something, something to show after the fact that he was aware that it wasn't real. Um, but then to go up and be like, oh, well, yeah. Okay. Everything's actually. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's, it's, ins- it's insidious that he would do these to do it to these people because it's he's he's saving people he doesn't like's lives but then it makes it an extra level of cruel when you find out that he's joking about it and then i i don't know look i'm not you know we're not writers we're not we're not in a writer's room but why not yeah uh last last question travis and i i defer this to you immediately do you have any other kind of stray observations from the episode? Um, like just a couple of things that stood out to me. Um, I guess I don't know. Do you call it cinematography when it's when it's TV? Um, yeah. There, some of the ways they laid out some of the shots. I really love um, the the shot when the three guests first come into the the shelter and Raiden is still sort of in shadow the way that the three chairs are there kind of positioned uh in kind of like a triangle um just kind of like the balance but also like the weight the angle of it just feels a little tilted and uh and the way that they move into the room and and, and take their different chairs um both both times I, I watched the episode I was just like wow that that just looks really cool um uh, yeah, and then uh, I I think just at the end the the jarring back and forth between it's a simulation. Oh no, it's real. No, oh no, it's it's him like just having a psychotic breakdown, and then bouncing back into his mental perception of okay, he's locked in this like now personal psychosis of everybody's gone. Even as even as the cop is like yeah yeah no, we're here. Like, I'm going to take care of you. And he's like, I'm all alone. I'm, I'm all by myself. Like, um, the, 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 it, the first time, the, the first time did you see it? Was it clear to you that he was just imagining this in, in his head when the, when the cop was like, Hey, Hey Mac. <laughs> well, so he was imagining that the bomb, the bomb went off. off. I'm assuming everything that happened in the shelter was, actually happened yeah 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 no i mean like at, yeah. at, at the end he's he's uh he, he comes he comes out and he sees that the bomb has has gone off and he's like oh he does like a weird little moan um and then 
he sees the this the weird statue that looks like it's deformed already. Yeah. And then it switches to he's he is leaning against that statue and the cop comes up. And he's like, hey, Mac, you all right, Mac, you can't stay here, Mac. And hey, see, Mac, uh, at that yeah, point, in time, <laughs> at that point in time, did you say to yourself, OK, yeah, like he he's just he was imagining that the, the bomb had gone off and he just having some kind of breakdown. Yeah, that's that's what I took away from it. I didn't think about it until just now that it doesn't necessarily make it clear that everything else that happened in the episode actually happened. We do see that it's like called Raiden tower or whatever. We see that he is probably a millionaire, like the buildings named after him. So, uh, it, he, he, it's very possible that all that stuff did actually happen. Um, but because it, swaps back and forth between those those uh ideas of him being alone and like there there isn't necessarily something that that says assuredly like like if any of those three characters had like been walking on the street or had come back and been like oh what's going on with it like we would at least know that those characters existed like in the in yeah. the real world of of the the front of this building but there's actually no guarantee that even any of that happened um but yeah, I mean, i'm i'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that it actually did <laughs> i I'll, I'll be honest i hadn't hadn't entertained or even considered the idea that that maybe not nothing that happened down in that bunker had happened uh, I, I just always assumed from my watch that everything that was happening with inside the bunker up until he hears the, uh, up until he had kind of has a break and then the sirens start going off and then he smashes the TV up until that point in time, everything is, is real and accurate. Then he goes upstairs. And then when he sees that the, it's a, it's a wasteland, uh, that continues his odd per, perception post TV break breakdown. Yeah. Um I hadn't considered that maybe the whole thing was was a was an illusion. I, I don't think it it was, but you know, you, somebody out there, you know, your interpretation is just as valid as 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 ours or mine at least. Yeah. Not Travis's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm just throwing uh, it out there. I'm you know, making making it spicy. Yeah. Ooh, spicy. Like those jalapenos that are my, my uh, backyard. Uh, last thing, Travis, what do you rate the episode? Whatever rating scale you have, get, give it to me. Give it to me. Uh, I would give this episode uh, two pallbearers out of four. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like there's some, some good stuff in it. Um, I, th- <laughs> there's only four of them there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um so yeah, I and like there were things I liked about the episode really um it was the the sort of disjointedness of of the way that it ended that um that that caused me to rate it um not any higher. But okay. but otherwise I I I I did enjoy the episode. Yeah, uh I I would give it uh, two pallbearers and a half a pallbearer. So two and a half pallbearers out of four. Uh, and I and I and I say half because you know, hey, some of this was a psychotic break, so it doesn't have to be real. But there's like a like a leg strewn about, what have you? Just um, just a random arm hanging from <laughs> from the coffin. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It. Uh, I I I enjoy the the moral of the story about honor and maintaining your honor and and doing and doing the right thing and even when doing the right thing in the first place but maintaining that doing the right thing well well into whatever future that you have like these he was a schoolboy he now then he's in his 40s with that, that school mom after he cheated and he's still holding that against her. And she still is like, oh, yeah, I remember you. And yeah, you are a piece of shit. And I'm glad I called you out for it. Right. Like I have compassion for people who deserve it and you never deserved it. And it's clear now that you still don't deserve it. 
yeah um for 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 that moral i i give it an extra extra little bit because it's it's telling something good right it's it's standing true to your moral convictions um even when someone is is th- you know trying is saying they're going to save your lives um so yeah yeah thanks travis thank yeah, you for that absolutely the last the last thing we have before we end every episode well there's two things but people can talk to you whenever they want i don't i'm not going to interview you because my you know i don't care about you uh it's it's a section called choose your own adventure and what we do for this travis is we make up an alternate ending for the episode it could be funny it could be poignant it could be death defying it could be whatever you want it so if you were to change the ending to this episode what would that ending be Mm, I also did not prepare for this. Oh, I know. I didn't either. <laughs> uh, well, um, how would I change the ending? The ending obviously being the part of the episode that I have the most of a critique with. Um, so I think maybe the inclusion of something I alluded to earlier with uh one or maybe all three of the the individuals that were invited to to the the storm shelter the 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 bomb shelter uh maybe maybe making them have an appearance on that on that street whether uh whether they're just walking by or whether they're um cuz cuz they don't leave that much sooner like that that far in advance of of him going up there so i don't know if if there's something maybe one of them comes comes back and then like sees him and is like oh oh no and then like turns around and leaves or whatever like i don't know something to prove that they existed in the first place um maybe maybe that that could be something to okay. to kind of add more flavor, I don't know. Yeah, no. I, who am I to question Rod? <laughs> like he he does a good job. <laughs> he does a good job. You know, he he's a, he does a good job over in Flavor Town. <laughs> um, I, I I didn't the the benefit of going second for these uh, adventures is when I don't prepare things, which is you know, fairly fairly often. <laughs> I can, I can, I can use my refiner ability and take what you have or whatever guest has and then, and then, and then workshop it a little bit. I I have two workshop suggestions for this. The first is this is that we include all three individuals, right? He's Raiden is at the fountain and and the and the cop walks off. He goes he goes to get the crowd to like, hey, scatter. There's nothing to see here. And Raiden's just kind of freaking out, you know, like oh. oh. And then, oh, then the oh. <laughs> and then the then uh then the three people come over, uh the school mom, the colonel, and the reverend, and they just they just all three start kicking him, <laughs> just spitting on him. No, just like just like 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 oh like full swing back like uh. Uh, you know, like a Ronaldo uh, or 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 Messi, just soccer kicking the shit out of him. School like, moms just got her purse, just like, <laughs> sorry. Oh, you want me to be sorry? I'm up, up, and just just like beating him, beating him, beating him to death. And then, and in and, and then in the the fantasy world that that Raiden finds himself in, he's just being gnawed by giant. <laughs> nuclear rats <laughs> uh, that, just, that instantly great. mutated uh yeah yeah and he's like ah oh, why, why are these rats kicking me <laughs> um it's so stupid it's weird okay. that that wasn't how it actually ended that's so <laughs> that's so strange that that didn't that didn't make it off the cutting room floor. That's yeah. I think that was I think that was his his uh his second draft, and they're like, nah, no, nah, you know, let, let's let's rewrite the ending. Um, the the second workshop I had, and I am holding up three fingers. The second workshop I have was it's not as it's not as funny. It's a little bit it's a little bit more serious. They they were ghosts. 
the entire time. <laughs> and uh, like you the, know, they, like like the guests were ghosts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it, check this out. Check this out. Uh, as as he as he's staring up into the sky, he's freaking out. The the cop walks away, and then the camera pans out, and you see uh, three hearses drive by, and each of those three hearses uh like has a name on the back i don't know why hearses would have a name on the back maybe it's like in the wreaths the 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 wreaths and it says uh longfellow the colonel and whatever the reverend's name was and then it's like oh whoa three three paul bears (laughs) and now he's there's just one they just need one more yeah i i think i think if they had just panned out (laughs) on the street and that dancing Paul Bear meme that's going around right now, <laughs> if they were just dancing down the street with a coffin, I think I think that's really how if they if they had thought ahead a good, you know, 50 years, what, six? Jeez, that show's old, man. Do, no. do you, remember, you, you, you remember a, a Six Flags Magic Mountain? The, do uh, the I da- ever? The, the dancing old man. That's that's what I imagine the dancing Paul Bear is. <laughs> yeah, it's totally the same thing. It's it's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. It, all it, good. It, all yeah. good endings. All yeah. all good ways to improve the episode. Yeah, yours is, yours is better. Okay. <laughs> uh, Travis, do me a favor. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for coming on the sh- the show. I know that technically you don't have a choice because I force you to, but I still I still appreciate I still appreciate it. Uh, why don't you tell my listeners, Brandon's listeners, uh, how, how to how to get a hold of you. What what do you, what type of things do you work on weekly? Uh, well, here's my phone number. Um, if you want to get a hold of me, uh, no, I am the co-host of Brandon's other podcast that he works on. So we have been churning out episodes of Apathetic Enthusiasm for over five years now. Uh, gee, whew, what, a, what a time to be alive. Uh, so yeah, you can you can find that as well as Interdimensional RSS, the unofficial Rick and Morty podcast over at apatheticenthusiasm.com. That's, that's our website. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JuggleMino. I haven't tweeted. Well, I tweeted this last week. For the first time in like two years, uh, talking about that NBA bubble, oh. <laughs> uh, hooray sports. Um, but yeah, no, you can you can follow our shenanigans over uh, on Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm, or uh, you know, go to the website and uh, check us out there. And uh, yeah, just support this show because I love that Brandon does it. And, uh, yeah. And then check out our other shows. Go to, go to twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm, go to youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm, follow our video stuff over there. Cause you know, we're trying, we're trying, and, we're, tr- we're, we're trying, we're trying. And you know, if you, if you want to watch this episode as we recorded it live, you can go out to the aforementioned YouTube, youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm or twitch.tv slash apathetic enthusiasm. I think the recordings stay there for, for a good little while. Yeah, you can catch the first half of the episode where my mic wasn't working. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, for, for this show, if you want to get a hold of me with S4YA, facebook.com slash S4YA podcast, Instagram, S4YA underscore podcast, Twitter, S4YA underscore podcast, or email s4ya podcast at gmail.com and finally we're at our website www.apatheticenthusiasm.com where you can get this and apathetic enthusiasm and more not a lot more but a little bit a little bit more also if if you do like the show i we do have a patreon uh i don't i don't I don't publicize it that much. But I will. Patreon.com slash Rick and Morty pod, (laughs) where for just $1, you can support not just this podcast, but all three of our podcasts. A dollar a month gets you all kinds of extra goodies. And then the benefits just go up from there. $5, $10. You can get behind the scenes. You can get inside the mind of Brandon Cruz (laughs) uh, with all of his weird stray projects that he does. Um, yeah, and every dollar goes right back into this podcast to help us make it even better. So thank you guys to everybody that supports us at Patreon. Yeah, and uh, that's why I'm here. I'm just here to to promote Patreon because because Brandon won't do it himself. <laughs> look, look, I we did meat stick reviews on on 
my, my wife I'm, got I'm me. I'm going to have to get some meat sticks and get in on this meat stick review <laughs> game because you're killing it over there. The, the, the wife gave, bought me a bunch of beef jerky and meat sticks for my birthday. Got to gotta review the meat sticks. <laughs> got Meat stick of the month. That's what he's doing uh, over at Patreon. Uh, but yeah, uh, all right, and, anyway, back to, back to you. Go finish your show, Brandon. I'll, I'll just listen. I'll just be over here. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for listening, for, for watching. And until next time, I am Brandon Cruz, and this was Submitted for Your Approval. I think I pressed the right button.